A quick story before we get started today. A couple of years ago, four years ago now actually, I posted something on Facebook about the manager of a team in Italy, Lazio, resigning after two days in charge. And I said, wow, even Leeds managers don't go that fast. Uh, making a funny point about Leeds and how you never have a manager do that at Leeds United. That manager was Marcelo Bielsa. So, you know... Glad I know about him now, more than I did back then, quite evidently. And also, based on the game yesterday between Leeds and Stoke... Da, 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 da. Patrick Bamford! Da, 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 da. The positive jinx continues to work, and that is why you should listen to the Sports Splits. Run the intro. Hello and welcome to the Sports Splits. Coming up on today's show, Patrick Mahomes gets quite a lot of money. We talk about his new contract and what it means for the Chiefs and the rest of the league. Baseball is coming back. We talk about the opening games and the return of baseball and more MLB news. Plus electric scooter racing, the best games from last week and dancing robots that talking up on Friday's Sports Splits. And welcome to the show today, I hope this podcast is finding you in good health as per usual, I hope you're doing well, I hope you are celebrating Leeds United's victory against Stoke yesterday, what a game it was, bit awkward in the opening minutes, opening half an hour or so, but as soon as we got that penalty, it was all one way traffic, there was only one result, I didn't believe that at the time, obviously, but now in retrospective, I sort of do. This podcast is dropping on July 10th, 2020. Remember, the Sports Splits can be found on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn, Google and Apple Podcasts. And we have a great website with articles and other audio content that can be found at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. There's only been one article come out since the last podcast, and that was about the decision, which was LeBron James's infamous choice to televise where he would be moving to in free agency, obviously the Miami Heat. In the end, he took his talents down to South Beach. And the article was a look back at how the decision, the show came into being and how he ended up picking the Miami Heat. And yeah, it was a, it was a reasonable article. It was a good article. Give that a read on the sportsplitsblog.wordpress.com. Also, late today, we're going to be having how Don Revy transformed Leeds, as you'll hear later on. It's Don Revy's birthday today. I thought it was a good time to look back at just how influential he was as Leeds United manager. And also, the weekend watches will be coming out at 5pm today as well. So, give that a read. My favourite five sporting events over the weekend. Most of it is is soccer, again. Because there's no basketball, ice hockey, tennis, baseball, anything really. So... It's good, though. It's still five absolutely brilliant events that I recommend you go and watch over this weekend. How was everyone's week, then? Because mine was mine was okay. It, it's been more of the same, to be honest. I, I find that most of my life is now just writing and applying for jobs and speaking into this microphone. And, by the way, quick update. On Tuesday, I said we're probably going to be changing the URL soon. I have just seen how much WordPress are charging for me to change the URL. No, no, we're not. It it might come around maybe in a month or so, but it's not going to be something that's immediate. I thought it'd be a lot cheaper, so no, 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 no. Another thing to mention before we go into the show today, quick correction, the former mascot of the Cleveland Indians is Chief Wahoo, not General Wahoo, like I said, for some reason on Tuesday. So I don't know why I said that, to be perfectly honest. And I I wanted to... I was going to have these as features in the show, but we didn't get around to doing them in the end. First of all, something doing the rounds on social media recently was describe your favourite sporting moment as boring as possible. So, maybe a quiz for y'all. Um, if you want to guess what my favourite sporting moment of all time is, team with 10 men beat team with 11 men to ensure they play in another league the year after. So, that's mine. I will tell you what that was on Tuesday's podcast, so stick around for that. The other thing was Bundesliga goal of the season. We we're going to ask each of the panellists what their favourite Bundesliga goal of the season was. We didn't. If you've watched the video on the Bundesliga's YouTube channel, which I recommend if you haven't, then I'm going to pick the Axel Bitzel goal. And the reason being is that you might know that Solomon Carver scored a goal very similar to it a couple of years ago and it reminded me of that and honestly when I'm looking at a good goal I'm looking for the one that's the hardest to replicate 
and that seemed like it was be, it'd be the hardest to repeat just because of how hard he has to strike the ball to get it that powerful and accurate at the same time. It was absolutely phenomenal. Well worth a look at. Anyway, with nothing more to be said, let's start episode 39 of the Sports Blitz. And joining me today, Josh, Will and Harry, as per usual, hello. Hello there. Hello. Hello. How I'm was everyone's annoyed. week? I'm, I'm annoyed. Okay. Yeah, it went pretty well. As am I. England are nine down. What is going on? That. They are Wait, words. We're nine down now. What? Yeah. Oh, God. But they, they are words. They probably mean something to someone, but that someone is definitely not me. Is it? Are they losing nine nil in a friendly to Panama? Obviously. I, I mean, that's yeah. all I can guess at the moment. Maybe they're three field goals down against another country in American football. Who knows at this point, really? My well, week was was cricket. Something. Test cricket has uh, come back. Actually, no, that's debatable, isn't it, Harry? Really? Let's let's be honest. Hmm. It's not come back in its full form, obviously, with no crowds, but it's great to see players on pitches, you know, hitting balls about. But it's it's not quite the same, but it's great to see. I'll be honest, I've had to ban several accounts on Twitter yesterday because I have a, um, I have a list on Twitter for all the sports news, which is why I help prepare this show with. And a lot of cricket stuff kept coming up. I was like, I don't care. And I just banned about five accounts, uh, five, six maybe even some accounts, just because I kept seeing cricket come up. It's like, please stop this. Was Harry four of them? No, funnily enough, because I don't follow Harry on Twitter. I don't have Twitter. That's why I don't follow Harry on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that's because he's not on Twitter now and not because I wouldn't follow him anyway because I don't follow anyone on Twitter except for sports news pages. Fair play. How, how was your weekend, boy. lads? You are non-cricket people. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I don't hate and myself, Josh. Are, God, um, my <laughs> that's also why I didn't watch West Brom or Brentford <laughs> play over the week. Because I don't hate myself. I think we all knew what was going to happen. Anyway, let's get into the news then. And let's start. I'm just trying to calculate. 503 million should be able to get you... A week in Disney's second most expensive hotel. Maybe the Fast Pass if you get a sponsorship and some food. So, Patrick Mahomes will be very happy. He has just signed a $503 million contract over the next 10 years. It's the first half billion dollar contract in sport. The biggest of all time. It is quite ironic um, that a former baseball player is getting baseball money. Yeah, this is good for Patrick Mahomes, quite obviously. It's also really good for the Chiefs, because given the way football uh, contracts tend to get more valuable over time as the salary cap expands, this means that the contract is going to get better and better for the Chiefs as they move on, um, which is really good. It shows that Patrick Mahomes knows what he wants to do with the Chiefs. He wants to win. He wants to give the Chiefs the most long-term flexibility Um so he's decided to stay with them for most of what will probably be his effective playing career. I think that this is good by Patrick Mahomes. You know, he gets absolutely broken off. He gets a really, really good uh, deal on guaranteed money, which I think in a league that can be as short as the NFL is a really good thing. So how this works right now is that Patrick Mahomes will get his next year's salary guaranteed like the year before. So for example, if he was playing in 2021, he'd get his 2022 salary guaranteed at the start of the 2021 season. So, you know, unless he gets Bo Jackson in the next two years, Patrick Mahomes is going to make a lot of money, and he's going to make so much more off of endorsements as well. This is a good deal for the Chiefs, this is a good deal for Patty Mahomes, this is a good deal for basically everybody. You say it's a good deal for basically everybody, it doesn't seem like it's a particularly great deal for Dak Prescott, who has been <laughs> pushing for a lower contract with more money, and now the Dallas Cowboys essentially have a great argument as to why they shouldn't be giving him the contract he wants. Apparently, since the Mahomes contract has been agreed, Dallas have gone back to Dak Prescott and offered him a contract with more years than he wants. Who, in, in, in terms of the Patrick Mahomes contract, who wins out of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott? The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it all depends on guaranteed money as to whether Dak wants to take the deal or not. 
I just, I think that guaranteed money should be the most important thing for every NFL player to look at when they're signing contracts. The NFL is a league where everything can change in an instant. And, you know, while Dak, you know, they're not wide receivers or running backs who necessarily will be getting hit more, um, unless the team has a really awful O-line. Hello, New York Giants. Um, Andrew Locke. Andrew Locke. Um, you know, it's it's important to get as much money as you can up front because, again, you never know when you will just get Bo Jackson out of the league. Yeah, it's exactly what Kirk Cousins did years ago. It sort of seems like a very mm. trend-setting contract. Now, as will this contract in of itself. So, yeah, it's a very team-first move from Patrick Mahomes. I first saw the money and went, whoa, and then I saw how the contract was actually being planned out, and I was like... That, that's exactly what he needs yeah. to do because we have talked about in the past how the team with the highest paid quarterback just never wins the Super Bowl. It's just, it doesn't happen. Patrick Mahomes was like 36 for something last year. I'm not entirely sure. So this is absolutely great news for, for both parties, to be honest. You can go to Disney World now. Before we move on, does this comfortably put the Chiefs in Super Bowl contention for the next decade? Um, I mean, as long as they draft well... well. Yeah, I was going to say with uh, with what Will said there, there's a caveat there. Assuming what no injuries do... on Mahomes. Yeah, um, I think Mahomes is obviously want the most important piece of that puzzle. But if they draft poorly in the next sort of four, five, six years, then then no. But um, it all depends on what sort of the Chiefs organization do from here. I think um, yeah. you've got to maintain this uh, success. You've got to find the right players to keep that that spark that offensive spark that we saw um last season that creativity that ability to come from 21 points down you know to, to, to go on and win games so i think it really just depends how mahomes is managed and how the players around mahomes are managed yeah absolutely he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be annoyed if if the chiefs just end up failing now so that's yeah. not really a yeah. tradable contract. I mean, honestly, I think they were in a decent position to make a two-peat of it, you know, to repeat yeah. a championship this year as well, just because they had a good draft. They managed to get the first running back who was available in the draft, which means that's another weapon added to their already formidable arsenal. Yeah, Mahomes absolutely. is still on his rookie contract for another two years, so that, and, you know, I think this year you only, I don't think he even gets paid a million dollars. I think he gets paid something like 800000 and then next year he gets paid like twenty three. Um, but this is a year where they have a lot of cap space to work with and it'll be very good for them, I think. Mm. And they were talking about how Patrick Mahomes has really embedded himself into the Kansas City community as well. So mm. he seems like a fantastic guy and he absolutely deserves the contract he's got. This was going to be where the section on the NFL was going to finish, we were maybe going to talk about how great Andy Reid's Tommy Bahama shirt was that he wore to celebrate the contract being signed because <laughs> he said, oh, I'm getting my best Tommy Bahama shirt out. And I was like, get in, Andy. But then Sean Jackson stood up and said, I have an opinion I want to share with the world. And oh God, do I wish he hadn't bothered. Because and the world said back, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> the world said back, God, no, Deshaun. Stop it. Indeed, please. Will, do you want to go into what was said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't have to repeat the words. Yeah, you don't sound like... Yeah, I'm not going to. Basically, he made an incredibly, incredibly anti-Semitic comment that started with, Hitler said, ended with, Hitler was right, and then in the middle is just a bunch of stuff about the Jews controlling America. So... I think the worst part about this was the fact that he followed it up later with, I did not intend any offense to, you know, my, my Jewish brothers or whatever, and then did that sure. thing where, like, he puts a, b a bunch of different skin tone fists. Um, which is kind of hard to reconcile with yeah. the fact that you posted what was not actually a Hitler quote, by the way. No, was just instead from noted anti-Semite and leader of the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan. Um... And also some well, stuff related so to the black better, Hebrew yeah. Israelites who are an absolutely vile hate group. Uh, and it's just... I'm so tired. <laughs> Why can't 2020 just stop? The best part was for me is that he had to go to Harry Rose Roseman and the president of the Eagles, who I forget the name of, both of whom are Jewish, 
<laughs> to apologise and explain his comments. Julian Edelman as well was on Twitter yesterday morning and he said that he would happily invite Deshaun Jackson to a trip to the Holocaust Memorial Museum and Edelman is a Jew, a Jew himself and he would talk to him about Jewish culture, Jewish history and why everything he's saying is absolute nonsense and just vile. Which I just, don't, I just, all nice. of these people who are saying like you need to educate yourself, you know, like oh, you know, he just made a stupid comment, he'll learn. Like I'm sorry, but the man is 33 years old. He went yeah. to university at the University of California at Berkeley. I get that student athletes aren't there to play school, but a lot of them take advantage of the fact that they have four years of college paid for for free at the University of California, whose tuition probably ranges from the fifty thousand up range a year. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, I'm sorry, but you should know that posting anything with Hitler said and ends with Hitler was Hitler right. Hitler was right. It, you it, can't it does, say it, that. Exactly. It, it doesn't even beg a belief. I, I read the comment and it was beyond shocking. And when you look at the context of, like you say, someone who is university educated at such a, a prestigious institution, you think... I, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like, why? How? What malfunctioned? Has he taken too many hits to the head? Too many bad tackles? What's? That's clearly what, what... happened with Antonio Brown. So, well, that's also clearly it, what's been happening yeah. with uh, Larry Johnson, who's been posting some stuff about Jews being oh, yeah. Satan worshippers. Hasn't he essentially said Deshaun Jackson shouldn't have apologised because he was spot on? Yeah. Yeah. He. Mm, he seems yeah, he lovely. What a fantastic human. Ah, yeah. The world. Love the world at the moment. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. 2020 can just go away. Please. We're, we... we're over halfway through. Can we just get it done with? Yeah. This is when you are uh. losing 5-0 on FIFA at halftime and you rage quit and just take the 3-0 loss against your opponent because they are way better than you. It's, yeah. We're at half time in 2020. You know, we'd be beaten Pulling by 12 year old kids on their Xbox. Yeah, we're just going to quit. Yeah. Is there a way to make this better? Like, is there a way to end this segment in a positive way? Because I can't think of one. No. Um, hopefully, Deshaun Jackson gets cut. Just remember if you're. In fact, there is. If you haven't seen it, this week. To make Sal feel better, go and watch a video of James Connor, the running back for the Steelers, giving his mum a new house. Because that's absolutely wonderful. There you go. We figured it nice. out in the end. <laughs> Let's go on to the other big signing of the week, then. And it's Fernando Alonso. He's returning to Formula 1 again with Renault. Again. For the third time. So, Fernando Alonso is back with Renault for the third time in his career. What do we make of this? I guess it's, it comes down it just to shakes thing. Yeah, go ahead, Harry. It's, it's it comes down to he said he's not going to come back to F one unless he can be in a car which is capable of challenging for the championship again, and he knows he can challenge for championships. So, Renault, do they have a championship winning car? No. Hmm. I mean, it's so crazy at the minute with the, where the pecking order is in the constructors that Renault probably do have a car which, on its day, could get a podium in a bizarre way. In fact, Ricardo could have been closing up on a podium, actually, had he not broken down on Sunday afternoon. But it's a bit of a strange one. I, I'm not sure. We've seen other former world champions come back in the past and do quite well. Nicky Lauda came back and won a third world championship. Jensen Button came back for a Grand Prix. Schumacher came back and got a podium. I think it was just one single podium. But, I mean, Alonso clearly still has it. His record in other motorsports since he departed F1 has spoken for themselves, winning everything when it comes to world endurance. Um, and competing in the Indy 500 quite spectacularly badly. Um, and um, the Dakar. But... I don't know. I really don't know how this sits with me because obviously Fernando's a great driver. I love having him on the grid, but he's partnering up with um, Esteban Ocon, who's just not a fiery driver either. Um, I would have thought a better partner for Fernando Alonso would have been someone coming into the sport 
who is very, very young and lacks experience. So, mm-hmm. for instance, what we've got now with Latifi, but maybe not Latifi because Latifi's actually 26 or something. He's not, he's not young. You know, if you had a driver who was 19, 20, partnered with Alonso, I think that would be a better partnership. But, yeah, I, I, I don't see that partnership being amazing unless Ocon and Alonso have a really good relationship going into it and they really bond and work well together. But mm, both two drivers who only want stuff for themselves, really. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. I'm it is sure a strange one, it, yeah. Maybe Renault were priced out of other drivers, um, such as that seems reasonably likely. Vettel, Bottas, and Gasly. I thought actually would have been a potential option for them, really having a double French driver lineup. Um, but obviously, Gasly seems intent on challenging again for that Red Bull seat, or he just wasn't offered anything. Mm. Um, yeah, my other option was going for someone like Guan Yu Zhou, who's one of the best drivers in the F two Championship, and going with a young and exciting partnership, but. A lot of lot of scratching of head going on. I don't know what you think, Josh. It's it's a little bit of a weird one for me as well. Um, I agree. I'm not sure about the partnership with Ocon. Um, I don't see how that's going to gel. I'm excited to see uh, Fernando back on the grid. Obviously, you know, um, a talent uh, for sure. And coming back to F1, it'll be exciting to see what he does. But... You know, do I think he's actually going to challenge for anything except, you know, maybe the odd podium in that car? No. Um, I'd love to know what sort of guarantees he's been given by Renault, considering, you know, he did come out and say, I'm not, you know, coming back to the sport unless I've got a car that will seriously challenge. Well, given, you know, the rise of racing points, obviously the class of Mercedes, then you've got obviously, you know, Red Bull and Ferrari after them, McLaren doing exceptionally well. I, I don't see where that comes from from Renault. So, what conversations have actually happened there? I don't know, but it's, it's, I don't, yeah, I think I'm with you, Harry. I don't quite know what to make of it. Um, it feels like that, that's sort of a, a mid, a mid sort of field side team, to be honest with you. I don't really see what Fernando comes in and does. Talented driver, lots of experience, probably gets a lot out of the car, but much, much else than that? No, probably not. I mean, Renault have obviously lost McLaren as a um, a team that they have an engine in, so they can you know test their engine double, you know they can double up. So there's only one car using, sorry, two cars using a Renault engine on the grid next year, and that is the Renault Works team. So it's not like they're going to have much in the engine department. And I actually think them and Ferrari maybe have the weakest engine packages on the grid this year. Um, I yeah I'm a bit confused by this one. Um, I would have thought maybe Alonso would look and see if a new team was suddenly going to dive into the sport at some point. But then again, with all the new rule changes being delayed for another year or so, I think it might be two years actually. Um, he's not going to wait around. He wants to get back in the seat. So yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. We'll see. Um, but you know, class from Renault, Fernando, whether he's 39 or 45 in the next few years he's still going to be a great driver um mm-hmm. so credit where credit's due they've picked up a good driver oh definitely yeah and no, I finally think, you know, this is, oh no i mean i think this is a good move for renault you know it generates some excitement for their team again he's still fast he can still drive hopefully they can sort out their car troubles because uh, you know danny rick seems to have left them with a bit of a curse on that front <laughs> yeah um but, you know, if he can do well, he can do well. And, you know, who wouldn't like to see the, the kind of aging legend make one last ride? Mm-hmm. And finally, then, how yeah, long is that last ride going to be? Now, that's a massive question. Two years. Uh, I, do agree with, I do agree with Will, actually. I think this is a better deal for Renault than it is for Alonso in a, in a bit, in a way. Um, but, yeah, I'd be surprised to see him stay there for more than a couple, to be honest with you. I think he'd stay there for a couple of years and then maybe if a new team was up and coming um, and doing well, he might move across. But yeah, it's a, a difficult one. I don't, I don't think we're going to see much more than a two-year, three-year, no more than two, actually. 
Okay, we're going to move on, Ben, and we're going to go on to our games of the week and some other notable soccer games as well. And I am going to start with my game of the week, and there was only really one contender for me, and that is AC Milan 4, Juventus 2. If you say you saw this result coming, you are objectively a liar. So, first of all, before we go into just Juventus's utter collapse, what a goal from Adrian Rabiot. I believe his first goal in a Juventus shirt, absolutely fantastically taken. The penalty for me was justified for AC Milan. The Benucci getting his elbow on it based on the current reading of the handball law. I don't see how you give it any other way. And after that, three goals in... Oh no, they, that was part of the three goals in six minutes that got Milan into the lead. And then, obviously, um, Antti Rebic scoring in the 80th minute as well to finish off the game. The defending was so abhorrently lackadaisical. If you saw it from a League 2 side, you would have gone, that's unforgivable. Because, oh my... Especially for the goal from Frank Kessie, where he just essentially walked through about eight Juventus players in the box and was able to slot it in the corner. Absolutely abhorrent defending. I don't know what Mauricio Sarri makes of this. It very much to me feels like he still isn't able to get the best out of the Juventus players. Still, they are seven points clear with seven games to go. There isn't really any chance of them losing the league title at this point unless they do fully collapse. And it is worth mentioning that on the same day Juventus lost to AC Milan, Lazio, who are their only real competitors, lost to Lecce. So... Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Lazio lost to Lecce? I didn't yeah, know Lazio that. lost to Lecce. Oh, oh and Lecce had, had a um, penalty missed as well, which means it could have been even worse. So, well it done was, to it was them. A good, it was a it good does, goal by Rabiot. It, it does actually, mean, yeah. yeah. It does mean that Saturday's game between Atalanta and Juventus could make Atalanta the second favourites for the title. And again, they're not going to win the title. It would take an almighty collapse from Juventus. But it would just be really interesting seeing them finish as runners-up. I'd really like that. Mm-hmm. Another thing to mention as well is this week, it now looks like um, Ralph Ragnick is going to become the AC Milan something or other. We don't know if he's going to actually become the... Oh, no, no, never mind. He is going to become the manager as well. Originally, he was meant to be just taken over as the sporting director. But now... He is going to. He said, "No, I want to be the manager as well." So he's going to be taking over. It, it's quite weird because, especially over the last few weeks, uh, Pioli's really been picking up as a manager, and his team, his team have been performing much better. So it, it's sort of like the worst time possible. But it does look like now it hasn't been confirmed. Confirmed, but Ralph Rannick, who currently works for all the Red Bull clubs, if I'm correct. Uh, he is going to be taking over at AC Milan. Anyway, we'll go into Josh's game of the week. Okay, so this, I'm going to say, not as high scoring as yours, definitely. And uh, just sort of for context, I liked Wolves, uh, Sheffield United. Um, not massively electric game. Obviously, a last minute winner in the 93rd minute just kind of makes up for that. Just for, for sort of the weird one itself, both teams having really outperformed themselves this season. Um, I've been fantastic to watch and just what this means for Sheffield United really, who are barring something a bit catastrophic, are going to be in Europe next season. And from, you know, someone who predicted them to be relegated, I think at the start of the season we all predicted them to be relegated. It's it's just it's a fantastic showing of what they've managed to do and what Chris Wilder has managed to do. Um, and I think there needs to be conversations about him being manager of the season. He, he won't be manager Jürgen of the Klopp. season. Yeah, because I know what Jurgen Klopp's done and yeah. X, Y and Z, blah, 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 blah. But I just feel like actually Chris Wilder's job is, is objectively from where he's taken side is better than Klopp's. I'm not, you know, underwriting Klopp's yeah. achievements. Yeah, no, all, that's but, fair. Yeah. I remember Jeff United in the weeks before they hired him and no, bad. Mediocre in League One. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely been brilliant for them, and I, I remember, I remember really questioning the hiring. I was like, "Yeah, he's won League Two with Northampton, but I mean, that doesn't mean he's going to be able to take Sheffield United to the next level." He did. <laughs> so that that's another case of me being fantastically wrong, as per usual. 
Anyway, we'll move on, Ben. Harry, what was your game of the week? I mean, I want to give a shout-out to the Arsenal-Leicester game, which had a quite a bit of drama in. Uh, only two goals, although there was a goal disallowed for Aubameyang. Um, but I think the game of the week, I'm going to say, with no pre- you know, sort of, you know, bias or prejudice at all, but it is Chelsea-Crystal Palace. I think if you were a neutral fan, you would have loved that game because it almost ended up being a six-goal thriller. As a neutral a fan, I didn't watch it. Yeah, because you expected really Chelsea to, you know, waltz it really because no, they scored twice. In all fairness, I saw Chelsea Crystal Palace and went, nah. I mean, Ch- Crystal Palace are a bit of a bogey team for us anyway, but yeah, it was painful for me, but I'm sure for a neutral they'll say, oh, what a game that was. Great goal from Zaha, some good play from Chelsea, some very bad play from Chelsea, hitting the post in the 95th minute. It had everything. Oh yeah, I was watching Lecce Lazio at that time. That was actually Lazio lost. I was really happy with it, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, we'll go through some of the other games then that were played this week. We'll start with Arsenal versus Leicester. And did Eddie and Ketia deserve to get sent off? Yes, to be honest with you. Yeah, he did. Um, well done. I I don't see why. I mean, Arteta made this massive fuss about it. I don't really see where that comes from, to be honest with you. Mm. The studs were off. It's a dangerous challenge. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the contest. I mean, I can see where Arteta's coming from in the fact that we're probably going to talk about it next. But the Vardy incident, where he fell over, studs went everywhere, including straight into the side of Mustafi's head, um, wasn't a red. I mean, I can see why it could be given a red because it endangers the player. He's actually kicked him studs up in the head. But in uh, the previous case, it the player's gone into the challenge. He's slightly out of control, and his leg, his his foot is studs up halfway up the other the opposition player's leg. And that's more, you know, like the classic sort of thing we see where on an ankle that's given as a red now. So that's more clear cut. That's what we call a red nowadays. In the case of Vardy, he did not mean in any way to be kicking Mustafi. He wasn't trying to kick Mustafi to get the ball. It was just he fell over and span round, and by chance, unfortunately, put some stud holes in Mustafi's face. Um, now it could have been given a yellow you know for mind yourself you've hurt him quite badly there it could have been given a red and I think some people said that probably justified for what it was but in a weird way I actually don't mind that it was uh, you know not given as a a red card because it shows sort of some you know leeway in the fact that he really did not mean that in the slightest it was just a freak incident where both players clashed and fell over in opposite directions Meanwhile, some other games that took place on Tuesday. Then Nottingham Forest 0, Fulham 1. A great hit by Harry Arter. Separated the two sides. Keeps Fulham in... Uh, yeah, I would say the promotion race for the time being. Though, you'd be an optimist to suggest so. Brentford 2, Charlton 1. Macaulay Bond's goal ruled out by Saheed Ben-Rama and Ethan Pinnock scoring for Brentford. And them winning again. Life is... Wonderful. I don't hate anything. Watford 2, Norwich 1. That pretty much condemns Norwich to relegation. Nuremberg 2, in goal start nil in the Spy Bundesliga playoff. Goals both coming from Fabian Nuremberger, which is just hilarious because he plays for Nuremberg and he's good Nuremberger. That's fantastic. And we'll go into some of the games on Wednesday as well. Barcelona 1, Espanyol 0. Espanyol are relegated. Two sending offs in this game. Ansu Fati and... Uh, I forgot his name. Paul Lozano. That's it. I remember. However, I... Yeah, should it have been a red card for Fati? There's an obvious answer to this. I didn't see it. Sorry, I haven't seen it. Experts reporting on the sports blitz. The answer was yes. By the way, Gerard Piquet went to the game on a bike and like all of Twitter just loved it. Like a bicycle. I was like, oh my God, he's going on a bicycle. I was like, yeah, great. He's also wearing shoes of a certain colour. Who cares? Uh, Oh God, people, I don't understand people. But yeah, that... That was Eddie and Ketia's challenge cranked up to about 15. It was absolutely unreal. Barcelona looked about as convincing as they have through most of the restart, which is not at all. And again, Kike Setien cannot make changes correctly. I 
it, like I said when we first restarted, it is going to take Real Madrid having the blunder of all blunders to fail to win La Liga this year. And I, I don't see it happening. Meanwhile, it's, well, I hope it doesn't happen anyway. Atafe won Villarreal 3. Great game. Goals coming from Santa Cazola twice and um, Peña for Villarreal. Meanwhile, the goal for Atafe coming from Hugo Duro. And it was, it was a good game, but I don't think at any point that Atafe looked like they were going to get anything out of this. And not just because they had three men sent off after the full-time whistle. What? I've just seen that. I, Sorry? I, I didn't see the end of the game because thank, thankfully someone decided to switch it to Barcelona Espanol. I was like, thanks, lads. Um, yeah, and I couldn't access the end of this game. But yeah, four players sent off after the full-time whistle. Uh, mm, normal, normal wow. stuff. Three for Tafe, um... one for Villarreal. Um, a couple of other games that happened on Wednesday as well. West Brom 2, Derby 0. Derby were useless for the entire game. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Preston 3. It sparks slight hopes of a Preston playoff push, though I doubt it. And calls for Gary Monk to get sacked. And MLS is back. We've had the first few fixtures as you're listening to this. First one yesterday, Orlando beat Inter Miami 2-0 in the Florida Derby. And New York City lost to Philadelphia Union 1-0. Okay, and next we're going to be talking about betting in Spain because betting companies will no longer be able to sponsor themselves on football shirts in Spain from next season. According to a report from Al Pace. Pace? Pace? Been a while since I did Spanish, I'll be honest. Anyway, the Spanish Minister of Consumer Affairs, Alberto Garzon, is the one who is wanting to bring in new measures. I did see a report that said, Draconian! I was like, that's adorable. It's just common sense. There are currently quite a few teams in the league that have betting sponsors, notably um, Valencia and I think um, Granada does. Oh, hang on, there's a full list uh, here. Um, a, yeah, Alaves, Leganes, Granada, Sevilla, Osasuna, Levante, Mallorca and Valencia. So that's eight teams. And Granada. Did I mention? I did mention Granada. Yeah. So, from next season, betting companies will not be allowed to sponsor shirts in Spain. This is a wonderful move. Yeah, it is. Um, I think when we did Kick Clash, we all agreed that when you have a betting sponsor, it just it just sort of automatically degrades the kit. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think these these bans are part of a wider um, royal decree, aren't they, on um, advertisement for betting? And I, I I am just a a bit of a fan of it. It makes sport feel a little less commercialized and it just has a bit of a purer feel about it i know that Mm. might sound naive but it just yeah i mean you you know me i'd rather have shirts unsponsored entirely but i'm also a realist and no that's not really going to happen it's going to take a huddersfield being or a betting sponsor being um awesome and saying let's not put our name on the shirt because that makes the shirt look worse um, which is just not going to happen with every team. Still the case that the nicest lead shirt in the last couple of years is the 2015-16 shirt because it was just white and didn't have a sponsor on it. It was wonderful. Not the one with Strongbow on in 2005. <laughs> 2001. Oh, was it that long ago? Wow, yeah, okay. that was White and Mackay in 2005. <whistles> yeah, back in the Champions League days. Like that shirt mm-hmm. as well. If we're going to talk about pure design, because white, just white, and then a bit of yellow trim. Nice, lovely. Anyway, this is not a Leeds um, talking point. This is about Spain, and do we see other countries following suit? No. No. No, I'm afraid not. Um, There's too much money in betting sponsors. Because England have been really clamping down recently. and Yeah, but it's different from banning kind of how some companies are able to advertise as opposed like just the level of money i think is different so england might be clamping down but they're not going to try and screw with the hundreds of millions of pounds that get pumped into these advertising actually i've just remembered who the current government is so yeah also (laughs) but there will there's definitely going to be more countries who follow this i feel very confident in saying that just not the ones i would like to I feel like yeah. Germany 
might follow suit. Germany is Germany... football as it's meant to be. Yes, because Germany just do everything right with football. Yeah. Um, Are there any stop... major companies, any major teams who are sponsored by a betting company yet? Because I can't think of That's any off the top of my head. True. <laughs> Have they already done it then? <laughs> There are a few shirts in Germany that are sponsored by betting companies, quite notably the uh, Group Sunmaker are on quite a lot of shirts in this five Bundesliga. But uh, the majority don't seem to be, which is very much not the case in England, which is wonderful. I There is nothing more to really say about this apart from... Just clap. Mm, it's wonderful. I'd agree. I think the problem I have with it in England is, and the why they could never do it, is the amount of money that comes in from a Chinese um, betting company. You see it a lot. Is it's just it's immeasurable. Let's not talk about dodgy Asian betting again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's annoying because uh, it's just like you know <laughs> they ruin kits. You know, at times we've seen you know the Wolves kit go down, the Palace kit yeah. because of the betting sponsor, and it just looks terrible. But the money that comes in as a result is actually quite good for those clubs. So you could never... Yeah, it doesn't work. But yeah, well done, Spain. Continuing to be a great country. If anyone in Spain wants to give me a job as well, you go ahead and do that. Okay, let's go on to our next story then. And let's talk about MLB. Because the schedule has come out this week. At last, we are closer to baseball. And we are starting with an absolute thriller. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It is going to be Yankees at Nationals to start off a new season. 7.08 Eastern Time. By the way, why are we starting at 08? It's, 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 there seems to be a thing in baseball. It's Games start at 7 minutes past, 8 minutes past, 12 minutes past. It just makes no sense. Start at a normal time like a normal person. <sighs> anyway. I mean, yeah, we've got uh, Dodgers-Giants after that, which is, is no bad one in itself. Yeah, um, absolutely. Crapping a couple of season openers. Um... I, I am I've been watching um updates on the Yankees actually and we look we look quite fit. Um it's gonna be very interesting to see how the season pans out. Um I think the last couple of years, I don't know if Will 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 agree with me, but we've sort of looked just off the pace, as in there's just that little thing missing that's gonna prevent us from against the World Series. But it yeah, kind of feels like it kind of feels like the years before Liverpool were world class with Jurgen Klopp. Like this there is a progress there. There's a process some something's happening, but there's a couple of missing pieces. So so we'll see. But I am optimistic after ten or eleven, twelve years in the wilderness. <laughs> the wilderness. Yes. But I'm sorry, the wilderness. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been such Relatively a tough speaking. time for the Yankees getting into the playoffs practically every year and getting to World Series. Oh boo hoo! <laughs> I feel so bad for you. Thank but you for your empathy for well, our troubling times. If, if the Patriots don't go to the Super Bowl this year, they'll be going. Oh, we're so in the wilderness now, aren't we? Ah, <laughs> oh, troubling times. You're a Dolphins fan. Yeah. You must be able to compare what you're going through as a Dolphins fan and what you're going through as a Yankees fan and go, these are not the same thing. Uh, yeah, there's a slight cognitive dissonance, but I choose to ignore <laughs> that. <laughs> Fair enough. A couple of other great series as well in the first week back. We've got Mets at Braves, which is always feisty. I'm sure they'll find a way to fall out with each other despite the crowd not being there. Brewers, Cubs as well, an interesting series in the... National League Central. I remember what division they play in. I'm a smart boy. Pirates, Cardinals is going to be good. The Mariners, who obviously we've been talking about a lot since Dorktown, are travelling to the Houston Astros. So, hit by pitch, 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 hit by pitch. It's going to be the entire box score. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Giants at Dodgers, Angels at Athletics as well. So, there's lots of really good games going on. And the Orioles still exist, so good for them. That's awesome. Who who's gonna be in the race to finish last? Because I'm gonna, I think it's gonna be the Orioles gonna beat the Tigers to finish last. That's not a bad shout. Um, the race at the bottom. Yeah, I think that is pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah. Jeff Passan, who was on ESPN, was asked 
who his surprise teams were to potentially make the playoffs. And he said, to be honest, with the fact this is a 60-game season, any team could make the playoffs, bar the Orioles and Tigers. So that sort of a state we're in at the moment. Is this 60-game season going to bring in more unpredictability than we've ever seen? I think it will do. Um, yeah, it gives less scope for consistency, if that makes sense. So, yeah. um, It is a sprint this time. Yeah, which I am going to enjoy. I'm not going to lie. It it kind of feels like things are going to be more unpredictable. And if a team sort of really takes things by the uh, scruff of the neck almost and wasn't going to be consistent over the regular season but can do over this sort of sprint, like you say, then we could be in for a little bit of a shock on our hands. So I am excited, yeah. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned this before, but if the season was to have finished at 60 games last year, the Washington Nationals would have been at 19 and 31, of course, who ended up winning the World Series after quite a strong run after that. So it is going to be an incredible season. Final thing then, we'll probably do a bigger preview closer to the beginning of the season, but right now, as we sit here, who are the favourites to win the World Series? Will, do you want to say I mean, I'd like first? to say the Yankees. I'm going to be optimistic. Not that I... Just because I don't like the Yankees, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so sorry. But I'm going to say the National. The National. The Dodgers. I was going to say the Dodgers, to be honest with you. I feel like they've just got a little bit more than the Yankees. As, as much as I would love to, to, to root for my team. Um, I think we're going to come up short again this season. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I feel like... Yeah, the Dodgers are going to be there. I think the Nationals will be there again. Um, so I think they're going to be the three to watch out for. I feel like, uh, yeah, no. I was thinking of, 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 of others, but I don't think it'll stray too far from those front three. Fair enough. Okay, we'll quickly move on then to ice hockey. Emily Kaplan of ESPN has said that she's been told that the most likely plan for the NHL to return is to have three games a day in each of the hub cities at 12pm, 4pm and 8pm local time. And that given the two-hour difference between Toronto and Edmonton, all of the games sort of align perfectly with each other and it'll be great viewing entertainment, which is absolutely fantastic to hear. We think we know now when the... Stanley Cup final is going to take place as I load the article. Apparently, it's going to start on October, sorry, end on October 2nd, which is weird because then the draft is scheduled for October 6th. Normally, the draft takes place in mid-season, so okay with that. And then training training camps for 2020-21 will start on November 17th with the new season aiming for a December 1st start. So, I I guess, unless... hmm, They're saying the Stanley Cup final will end on October 2nd, which I'm guessing means that the Stanley Cup final will start maybe on September 26th, September 25th. I don't know if they're saying that there could only be one game in the Stanley Cup final, which would be absolutely awful. That's... Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. Yeah. That would that would that would be the biggest asterisk in the world behind whoever. Oh won. yeah, absolutely. I no, you can't do that. It does say the Stanley Cup yeah. final will end on October second, mm. which to me implies that it doesn't start on October second. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think you've read that right. Yeah. So, yeah, September 25th would sort of be the most reasonable start date for the Stanley Cup final. Good, good. Yeah. It is nice that we're getting ice hockey back because I have missed it more than I expected to miss it. Because I mean, it's just sports in general at this yeah, point now. that's true. It'll feel like a return to normal. And obviously, very wise, we were talking about this whilst we weren't recording, but very wise of the, NF- of the NHL, sorry to decide to hold all games in Canada, given the state of the US. Given the state of the United States, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty bad right here. Uh, 60,000 cases a day, and my life is just crying. 
Meanwhile, in other hockey news, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be standing by their Native American name and logo, but they have said that they are, quote, committed to raising the bar even higher to expand awareness of the Blackhawk. I don't know if any of us really know the history behind the name. I know I don't. I, I don't know if Will does. Do you? No, this is... Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. I'm guessing it's, well, it's obviously based off something Native American. But yeah. it... I mean, it's not... Uh, it's not a racial slur, so yeah, and it's not based off not knowing what country you've landed on, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, so which is also nice. I think I think it's much better than the other names are. So no real controversy here. Are we saying? I don't think so. Please don't let this bite me in the rear sometime in the future. <laughs> Look, we don't know a lot about the history of ice hockey, so don't kill yeah. us if we're just I mean, I, I don't wrong. follow ice hockey in general. Mm, that's fair. Meanwhile, a couple of other stories then. First of all, we talked about Wigan Athletic last week, and now Wigan Athletic's administrators have launched an appeal against the club's 12-point deduction, which I'm sure the owners are absolutely devastated about. While Rugby League side Wigan Warriors have announced their intention to put in a bid for the club, which would be really good news for the Wigan community. It means that Wigan would keep playing in the... What is it called now? Um, I'm just going to call it the DW still. I don't know if it's called the DW anymore, but that's what I'm going to call it. Deal with it. Meanwhile, IFAB have announced they are extending the five-sub rule for all of next season. I quite like it. I don't. You said words. They were in a particular order. I don't exactly know what it's that It's like meant. when they're talking about cricket. It's just... Uh, I, I, I get <laughs> you. I get you. It's fine. Yeah. And the other... Why don't, you, why don't oh. you like it? What, cricket? No, the um, five sub rule. Because it disadvantages smaller clubs. I mean, it, notable example, right? Real Madrid were playing Ibar a couple of weeks ago. Real Madrid's bench was valued at way over 100 million euros. Ibar's bench was valued at 5 million euros. Okay. It's just more of an advantage to the bigger sides. Um, that's why I don't like it. And also, let's face it, Bielsa's not one for making substitutions if I want to be fully only interested in my own team. Meanwhile, British sprinter Bianca Williams has received an apology from Met Police after she and her partner were pulled over in their car in a stop and search. Met Commissioner Dame Cressida Dick, Cressida Dick, Cressida Dick, told a committee of MPs officers had visited Miss Williams to apologise for the distressing event. It's just great that this keeps happening. Yay! More awful news. Twenty twenty. Yeah. The year that God hated. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, um, let's go into news in brief then. And I'm going to do all of the news in brief this week because we didn't have the time to do it in the original record. Let's start with baseball in brief. And video of the week definitely has to be Aaron Judge talking like a New Yorker for one of these sub places. like Kind of like Subway, make your own sandwich sort of thing. But one that we don't see over here. But Aaron Judge from California trying to talk like a New Yorker was absolutely fantastic. I tell you what, he has absolutely nailed it. But yeah, video of the week by far. The Braves have announced they are going to be keeping their name, the Atlanta Braves, MLB team, but they are discussing the Tomahawk Chop, which they worry might be offensive to Native Americans, which for me is probably the correct move. I do like the Tomahawk Chop, but if a Native American tells me it's offensive, then I'm just going to believe them because, and white people on Twitter really need to hear this again, it's not your job to decide what's offensive to Native Americans. So there's that. And also the excuse, I know a Native American and he's not offended by it, is also not one that's valid. So please stop using it. Major League Baseball will honour the 100th anniversary of the Negro League on August 16th. It's not been said yet what they're going to be doing to honour the Negro League, but it's really good that they're doing so. And as everyone else has been doing on social media, I do tip my cap to them and to the Negro League as well to commemorate its 100th anniversary. The Pittsburgh Pirates logo has been modified for the next couple of months, I guess. The Pirates logo has been changed so that the Pirates bandana is no longer on his head, but covering his face, which is absolutely fantastic. I love it. It's brilliant. 
The A's and the Giants are the latest teams to offer crowded, so for a small fee, you will be able to put a cardboard cutout version of you in the stadium. And the final thing from baseball, dancing robots are replacing fans at a baseball game in Japan. So this is the team, the Fukuoka, I'm going to apologise immediately for getting that wrong, the Fukuoka Softbank Hawks, who have brought in these dancing robots. Um, it was for their most recent game in the Nippon Professional Baseball League against the Rakuten Eagles. And they had more than 20 robots, some resembling humans, others on four legs like dogs. And they danced to the team's song in an otherwise empty stand. I tell you what, there's a video on The Guardian. And I highly recommend it because it was absolutely fantastic. Just watching these robots attempt to dance. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. Let's go into association football in brief then and Eric Dyer has been given a four match ban and fined £40,000 for climbing into the stands to confront a fan following Tottenham's FA Cup exit to Norwich, you might remember this, back in March if I remember correctly, maybe late February. So Eric Dyer after the game climbed into the stands, confronted a fan and he has been fined for it. Jose Mourinho was very critical of the decision. ESPN FC thought it was far too lenient, so everyone's got a different opinion on it, frankly. I think it's about right. He, he needs to be punished for it, but you can understand his motives for going into the crowd in the first place. And it's not like he threw any punches or anything. So, I'm not... Maybe maybe it should have been a two-game ban, to be honest. I, d I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think it's lenient. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't think he shouldn't have got away with nothing. So... I, I get it. A bit harsher than I would have given, but they had to give something. The game between Southampton and Manchester City last week had 5.7 million people watching in the UK, which made it the most watched Premier League match in the UK of all time. That's what happens when you put it on the BBC. And I think the Premier League should put more games on the BBC. I know it's not financially lucrative, but let's face it, it's a league that doesn't have sponsorship because it's got too much money coming out of its ears anyway. And has yeah it has far too much well far too much it has a lot of money anyway and it's not like it's giving enough of that to grassroots so if they're not going to give more money to grassroots give some games to the bbc maybe once every two weeks i think that'd be really good hoffenheim have criticized the talent poaching of bayern munich I, I get it i get that talent poaching is a big problem but you're really not the people to be making that point it, it's it's a bit odd it's it's kind of like pot meat kettle sort of thing so, as much as they're right, it, it was just weird to hear that argument coming from Hoffenheim. David Dunn has been announced as a new Barrow manager. He's going to be replacing Ian Everett, who, of course, left to Bolton Wanderers a couple of weeks ago. Thanks. <sighs> Meanwhile, another managerial news. Best of luck to David Dunn. Best of luck to Barrow as they embark on their first Football League season in over 40 years. It was absolutely exceptional watching them last year. Barrow, Salona, or this year, I guess, technically. Yeah, still this year. Barcelona, absolutely exceptional, and I wish them all the best of luck in the world. Manuel Pellegrini is back in club football management. He's going to be the head coach of Real Betis. Best of luck to Manuel Pellegrini. He, he's a nice, he seems like a nice guy, so don't think anyone has anything against him. And Adebayo Akinfenwa has been complaining of dehumanising abuse in the Fleetwood match, he said. He was called multiple things based on his weight. The FA have confirmed they are investigating. Basketball in brief. A significant spread of coronavirus would cause the NBA season to be shut down for a second time, according to multiple reports in America, including ESPN. I don't know what a significant amount constitutes, and no one seems to have given an answer yet, but that's what they're saying. Patty Mills of the San Antonio Spurs has said that he's going to donate all of his remaining NBA salary, just over $1 million, to Black Lives Matter groups and other groups aimed at tackling racism. That's absolutely fantastic of him to do so. What a man. He deserves whatever their version of an OBE is. Um, yeah, just incredible. Kawhi Leonard has not travelled with the Los Angeles Clippers to Orlando to attend to a family matter, we hope. Whatever it is, is getting better for him. Jamal Crawford has signed a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. I think it's just to play over this period, this coronavirus period for the time being. I'm not entirely sure. But it's nice seeing back in the NBA. Motorsport in brief. Donald Trump has attacked Bubba Wallace and said that the noose found last month in his garage was a hoax 
and questioning NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag. He is now saying that the noose was a hoax. Now, technically, for the record, it, it was it was placed there in the style of a noose before anyone could have known it was going to be Bob Wallace's garage, and it was just um, a piece of string that was already there that had just been styled into a noose by someone. You can guess that Bob Wallace didn't respond to this entirely kindly, which he shouldn't have because what Donald Trump said was absolutely disgraceful. He said, love over hate every day. Love should come naturally as people are taught to hate, even when it's hate from the POTUS. Keep fighting, Bubba. Keep fighting. You are an inspiration to all of us. Meanwhile, Sam Bird has announced he is going to join Jaguar for the 2020-21 Formula E season. That's a big shake-up from a man who will be, you would expect, contending for the title. So, best of luck to him. I quite like Jaguar as a race team. Um, so, yeah, I hope it goes well. We also now know that a group of Formula 1 and Formula E drivers are starting a new racing series that will have drivers racing on ultra-fast, custom-built electric scooters. The Electric Scooter Championship, or e-scooter, there's no e there, so I guess that's e-scooter, is set to launch in 2021. The video that they used to promote the event was like something straight out of Tron, to be honest. It was quite weird, but best of luck to them. The main people behind the project are Lucas Degrassi and Alex Wirtz, so best of luck to them too as they try and get this series up and running. Apparently the scooters will be able to reach speeds of 100 kilometers an hour. And for anyone who still uses old money, that's 62 miles an hour. So 100 kilometers an hour on a scooter. Like, you know, one of them things you used to play on as a kid. That's absolutely terrifying to me. Finally, American football in brief. Native American groups are now asking again the Washington NFL team to change the team name and Amazon have stopped selling Washington NFL merchandise. Meanwhile, tweet of the week goes to DeAndre Hopkins. In a tweet responding to the Mahomes contract, he said, 24 reasons why Mahomes deserves that. Zero doubts he will win more Super Bowls, if you don't know. Last year, Hopkins played for the Houston Texans. They were 24-0 up against the Chiefs and lost. That was in the divisional round, wasn't it? And managed to lose from there, which is absolutely exceptional. And Hopkins, having been traded from the Texans, is now mercilessly beating them on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, love it. 24-0. Very smart. Well done. Treat of the week. Winner. Okay, and let's go on to honour this day. Then. And in 1927, Don Revy is born. Revy played 460 times between 1940 and 1962, becoming known for the Revy plan, which he won the 1952 PFA Player of the Year for, I think, which embraced a new, more European style of football. He is best known, though, for his time at Leeds United, where, as manager, he embraced a European style of play with emphasis on scouting and player development which turned Leeds into a European power. He is still regarded as the greatest manager in the history of Leeds United. No, I I'm surprised too. Not even Paul Heckingbottom is considered better. I couldn't believe it, frankly. In 1934, the second MLB All-Star Game sees the American League win 9-7 at the Polo Grounds in New York. Sorry, I just wanted to put that in because, oh my god, the Polo Grounds. That's the be If you've never seen the Polo Grounds, look at the Polo Grounds, because baseball was never meant to be played there, It was at least my guess. And it's wonderful and perfect, and I love it. In 1960, in the Euros final, Viktor Pondalnik scores in extra time as the Soviet Union beat Yugoslavia two goals to one. In 1985, Mario Gomez is born. Gomez played 456 times in club football, scoring 231 goals for the likes of Bayern Munich, Fiorentina, and most recently Stuttgart. He also scored 31 goals and 78 caps for Germany and finished his career two weeks ago, getting Stuttgart back into the Bundesliga. He won the Bundesliga three times, the DFB Pokal twice and the Champions League once. In 1995, Arda Hagenberg is born. Hagenberg is most known for her time with current club Lyon, scoring an ungodly 144 in 117. No, I did not get that the wrong way round. 144 in 117 games. 
She has won the first division in France five times in a row, Coupe de France four times and the Champions League four times. She won the first Women's Ballon d'Or in 2018. In 1999, in the FIFA Women's World Cup, hosts USA beat China 5-4 on penalties in the Rose Bowl to win the World Cup for the first time. The Women's World Back Cup game US... packed the Rose Bowl. It sold it out. Mm. Yeah. It's incredible. Awesome. Nice. In 2016, in the Euros final, Edda scores in extra time as Portugal beats hosts France 1-0. And in 2018, Cristiano Ronaldo joins Juventus after nine seasons at Real Madrid. Right, let's go into the two-minute drill then, starting in three, two, one. Who will be the next Birmingham City boss? I think if they can get him and, B- and Bristol City don't hire him, it should be Chris Hughes. And if not, Again? then I would say Ryan Lowe. Do you think he'd go back to um, Birmingham City after what happened last time? Probably not, but I'd try. Chris Hughes is the best manager out there who's not in the job at the moment, really, isn't he? True. So reports you'd be in an actual place. Reports suggest Valencia could get rid of Danny Parejo to bring through younger players. Is this the correct move? I say yes. They've got a lot of good young players at Valencia. Probably, into... yeah. And plus it's still like on Danny Parejo, to be honest. <laughs> he's just whingy. Yeah. It's, they could get quite a good amount of money for Parejo as well. But he's their, is he their best player? Probably. Um, I flipped a coin to decide my answer and the answer was no. Okay. I don't know why. why? That's that's <laughs> interesting. All right, next question. Okay, the Raiders are looking at bringing in Jadovion Clowney. Is it a good move? Well, he's a player with attitude, and as we know, the Raiders famously just do not do players with attitudes. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, apart from that, yeah. he addresses a need, but I still can't believe a side would buy Jadavian Clowney after getting rid of Khalil Mark. Yeah, it seems like one of those things that's a bit unfortunate, like you made the problem you have to fix, but, you know, Jamie Clowney's pretty good, so... Yeah. Get him. Based on a feature on The Jump, which NBA player is most deserving of a 10-year contract? There's two that really stand out to me, and they would be Yanis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. Young. Yeah, Luka Doncic obviously deserves it. He's an absolutely amazing player. Yeah. Final question, man. Huddersfield and Luton play in a relegation six-pointer tonight. Who is your pick? I'm going to go with Luton 1-0. They've just been the better side recently. Yeah, I'm sticking with Alex there. I think Luton have played all right recently, haven't they? And Huddersfield just yeah. seem to have slipped away and away and away. And that's time. I love how I just got quieter as we reached the clock. It's almost <laughs> as if By the way, that. just because Josh didn't get a go on that's unfair. I'll let uh, you... Okay. Yeah, no, cheers. Um, I, I just continue the full house uh, with Luton there on form, not yeah. uh, league table position. And that is the end of today's Sports Blitz. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Harry, Josh and Will. The intro and end music for Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. We're back on Tuesday with another podcast at 5am. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good weekend like the best play in NFL history, having an immaculate one. Goodbye.